0: Hello everyone, I'm Javen, the marketing and communications guy, and welcome, or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that what you hear impacts you, so that you can then go and impact generations for Jesus. How's everybody doing this awesome morning? Good man, awesome, it's great to see everybody here. How many found you found got, got a good parking spot this morning? How many of you didn't? All right, just making sure. Just want to throw that out there. Just a quick reminder, you can also park in that lot that's been destroyed. It's a little bumpy, but it's still parkable. So you feel free to jump on that. I don't have a 4x4, but I hit that up this morning. And it felt good, man, just driving all over that thing. I put my tire marks on there for a purpose. We're here to stay, man. So that just felt good, just driving on it. I don't know if my car liked it too much, but it just feels good anyway. But we're so glad that you came this morning. And uh, man, we're just, we're thrilled about what God is doing in your life. We're thrilled what God's doing in this church. And we're so excited that you came to s- just to continue pressing in what God's got for us. And uh, so this morning, again, I got some things that are stirring on my heart. And uh, we've been doing a series called Available. And uh, how many of you are available this morning? How many of you are here this morning? All right, perfect. Now we're ready to rock and roll. And, you know, we're, we're available to God. And so we've been talking a little bit about these lines. And, you know, just as I spent some time in prayer this past week. You know, just some things that were stirring in my heart. And I want to just really talk to you. I mean, I talk to you every week, but just was really stirring in my heart that this whole series, what we've been doing, the Lord is really starting to work on the inside of me about what it means and what it looks like to be a pastor. Um, just because somebody calls you pastor doesn't mean you're a pastor, uh, but there's a call that on people's lives. And one thing that I've been noticing for myself is just in what I'm wanting to share with you, I want to talk to you from a pastor's heart and from a pastor's perspective. I'm not going postal on you. I'm going pastoral on you. <laughs> And I, I want to just share and this is probably what we've been talking about and being made available, because this impacts every part of your life, every part of your family, every part of your business, but it starts with you and me. It starts in our private life, and that's what we've been discussing about. So before we get into this, I don't have this verse on the screen, but I, wanna, I want you to go to Luke chapter 12 for a moment, and I want to just ask you this question before we get started. I'm going to just grab my sign here as an illustration in a sec. But in Luke chapter 12... I want you to read along with me for a moment. And I want to ask you this question, and I want you to actually think about it and answer it for yourself. But how do you measure your life to determine if it's going well or not? What measuring stick are you using to determine if your life is good or if it's not good? Right? You know, some people, you can just give a couple examples. Some people will determine, okay, the square footage of my house determines if I'm doing well. Anybody ever say that before? You drive past a house or you see a a nice sweet car or ride, pull up and go, man, they must be doing good. Anybody ever say that before? Anybody say that to this when you were driving in? you saw that sweet little Dodge Charger sedan sitting out there? And I'll just, I said this last night too, but the windows are tinted. You may think that's for looks. Yeah, it's for looks because on the inside, you don't get to see all the goldfish that are around and the car seats that are in the back seat. So from the outside, it looks like a bad boy car, but on the inside, it looks like Man, what play school just hit this car, right? (laughs) So that's the reason why tint is around, right? But you can look at those types of things and go like, man, they got it made. They're doing really well. So we are measuring the wellness of somebody based on what we're seeing, right? Some people measure it with square footage and the size of their house or their lack thereof. Some people measure it according to, you know, the different types of events that they go to. Like, so how do you measure if your life is going well or not? Right about, I'm busy, I'm I'm able to, I got a good job, things are going well in my job. My bank account says I'm doing well, so therefore I'm doing well. I want to challenge that this morning a little bit to you. Uh, In Luke chapter 12, this just came up in my heart as we were, you know, singing yesterday and it came up again this morning and I want to read it to you. But in Luke chapter 12, right here Jesus is preaching a powerful message. And he's talking about the Father's love. He's sharing how much God loves you. That the all, Even all the sparrows that are around. When one falls down, the Father knows all about it. And he's just talking about eternity. He's talking about the Father's care and his love. And in the middle of this message, this guy pipes up and he interrupts Jesus. So imagine Jesus preaching here for a moment. And as Jesus is, you know, ending one sentence, catching his breath, ready to say the next one. This guy stands up and he says in verse, uh, verse 13, Luke 12, 13. Someone from the crowd called out and said, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. I'd be like, ushers, swarm, swarm, swarm. Huh, huh. Do everything you can. Get rid of, what are you doing? Jesus' response, and if you've got the New King James or the King James Version, it actually says, man. And I don't think Jesus went, man. I think he's, man, what are you doing? Man, and so you can see it here in New Living. It says, teacher, please go to verse 14. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Next verse, it says, verse 15. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed, because life is not measured by how much you own. Say that with me. Life is not measured by how much you own. It means nothing. Some people like Ford, some people like Dodge, some people like Cadillac, some people like Lexus. Jesus saying that is not the measurement for your life. That's not how we look at it. So when we look at somebody got the nice newest thing or the nice newest clothing, right? Impact shirt. Oh, he must be doing well. <laughs> You're wondering, I had to wear this because my shirt this morning was a little bit too tight. And I had to get that sorted and the button pops. So I thought, that's a problem. So I thought, let's just throw in a, a shirt here. So hey... You're looking at the shirt, how come he's doing so well? It's not measured by what I'm wearing. Life is not measured by my cool shoes. Life is not measured, Jesus said this, by how much you own or you don't own. So he goes on to say, and just skip down to verse 21. And it says here, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So what is measured, what is your life measured by? I'm changing it, and this is what I'm trying to get across to us this morning here at the same time, is life is not measured by what you own, it's measured by your richness in your relationship with God. How do you know I'm doing well? It's not based on anything that's going on here, it's based on my rich relationship with Him. This is what Jesus is saying, and He's trying to get this across, because He said, beware of trying to get all this stuff, because at the end of it, that's not what life is measured out of, because guess what, it's all going to be burnt up anyway. (laughs) You didn't know that? You should read the book of Revelation. It's a really good book. Everything on this planet, forget global warming, global melting. This place will be gone, man. Completely destroyed. And guess what? He's making a new one for us. So this is what we have to really focus in on is this right relationship with God. Now go to, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And this series we've been talking about available. And all of this is what we're doing is we're saying we're making ourselves available to God. And in 2 Timothy 2, I love these verses. These have been verses that I've been in for myself for years now. But it says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable for the master, fit and ready for every good work. All right. So here this, just before we get going in this, I want to just make sure if you read again in verse 20, it says that in the great house, there are many different gifts and talking about the house, talking about the kingdom of God, talking about his church. Did you know that everybody has a unique gift in the body of Christ? Yes. It's not that we're all competing for one high spot that we can all attain to. Did you know that? Did you know that this is not the all-in-be-all all right here, the platform? That everybody seems to be fighting for. This is, this is not it. Everybody has received a gift in the body of Christ. So he's talking about here, what kind of vessel do you want to be according to the gift that you have? Do you want to be a, or a vessel of honor or dishonor? That's totally up to you. Go again to verse 21 there for a sec, guys. I love this. So whoever, everybody say whoever. Whoever. That means it's totally up to you and me. It's not up to God. Whoever cleanses himself will be a vessel. Now, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to actually take a poll this morning. I want to see what vessel do you want to be? Anybody here that wants to be a vessel of honor, a vessel that is profitable and fit for the master's use, please raise your hand. All right, is there anybody here that wants to be a vessel that is not honorable, that is ignoble and used for menial tasks? Show, raise your hands. Okay, nobody. okay, let's get to know. You are in the right place this morning. So that means what we've been talking about and what I'm going to be sharing with you again this morning goes towards you. It's going to affect your life if you will take it on, right? We're all on the same page. Okay, this is—we all want to be this vessel. How I many know? Oh, just nobody can just wish for this to happen. It takes intentional effort to make sure that I'm a vessel of honor, yeah. right? Can you all see this? Again, you want to be a vessel of honor. I do. In the gift that God's given me, I don't want to just you know half it. I want to be all in. I want God to be able to use me and benefit from me and use me any time that He sees or needs fit. I want to be ready. Anybody else? Alright, we can get jogging. I'm ready, God. Whatever you want me to do. But it doesn't start with, okay, God, what do you want me to do? It's actually an inward call on the inside that we answer. And that's where it all started with saying our second yes. We said yes to God. When we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, how many of you did that? You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Guess what? You're in. Man, that's awesome, and God needed your yes to confirm and affirm everything that he did in Jesus through the cross, and he made you a born-again creature. The old has passed away, behold, the fresh and new has come. And what we've been talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago, going into a second yes. So moving from the first yes to now the second yes, there's a transition that takes place. And we've been discussing what does it look like to go from here to here, because I mean, you know there's some Christians that are here, and they're different. Anybody ever seen the difference between somebody that, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, I believe He loves me, yeah, it's all, it's all good. But they go on living the life as they ever want to live. But then you see people that have said a second yes, boy, they are dangerous to get around. In the best way. Why is that they are committed to being this vessel, committed to kingdom purposes, ready to see the kingdom of God go through them and manifest wherever they're at. This is what I'm after. Anybody else with me on that? Come on, we want this second yes. This is what this church is. This church is not just a first yes church. We go, yeah, get born again. That's awesome. We're so glad that you're part of the kingdom. Now there's more. Now you have a goal. You have a Christ in you. You have an anointing. There's something in you that will attract and will reach the world and it will establish the kingdom of God in this earth. How many know the red deer needs a second yes? Yes. It's deeper, and that's what this church is here for. So welcome to the second, yes, all. This is who we are. So you're wondering, wow, they're a little bit passionate there. Yeah, you know what it is? It's because we transitioned. Oh, here we are. We're over here. We can't keep this quiet because our God is too good. Everything, all the songs that people are singing about, we don't just sing it. We actually believe it and start doing it. Here we are. Okay, Joel, just calm down. Just tell me to calm down. No, don't calm down. Okay, that's fine, too. I won't. Way off on my notes, so that's great. Let's just continue on. So again, this yes, what is it? It is a setting apart of our lives to be like Christ. It's a setting apart of our lives to what? Be like Christ, because Jesus is the standard. Right, Everybody say that with me? Jesus is the standard. I'm not looking at somebody else's life to see if I'm better than they are. I mean, Paul actually told the Corinthian church, you guys, you, you, uh, you compare yourselves with one another. He said, that's stupid to do. So my comparison is not here. I don't look at other people. Oh, I'm worshiping higher than they are. I'm worshiping deeper than they are, so I'm doing better. The goal is not somebody else. The standard is Christ. The standard is Jesus. So I look at my life in comparison to Him because that's what I can attain to. You're not limited to just anybody else in this room. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus is our standard, right? Okay. Okay. Okay, let's continue on. So this is a setting apart of our lives. And the second part of it, this is a, uh, a yes that is following his plan for our lives. So last week we talked about surrender. And if you didn't hear that, I encourage you, you need to hear that because it was good. So get, get it on podcast and you can hear that. It's delicious. And the second thing that I want to talk about, the transition from the first into the second, is this word here, making room. Everybody say, make room. So what is the transition from my first yes, accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, to now switching over to my second yes, is now I'm I'm intentionally making room for God in my life. I know it sounds simple, but let's just talk about it a little bit, okay? Making room. Now, what does making room sound like? What does it mean? Well, the, the actual dictionary just means this, to move aside things or to clear up space in your life give you a couple examples. Anybody gone to a movie theater recently? You gone with a couple of friends, or you've gone with some family members, and what do you do? You know, you go and you run and you get your seats, right? So that somebody can go buy all the popcorn and all that kind of stuff, right? So what are you doing to save those seats? Making room, you're, you're throwing coats down, right? You're throwing any kind of piece of loose clothing that you have, and you're throwing it across the, the, the seat, so that when somebody comes across and says, hey, is anybody said, yeah, 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 taken, taken, nobody can sit here. You're very protective of those seats. Why? Because those are that spots for somebody else. Right? Even at this moment right now in, in, with Jamie and I, we're expecting our fourth baby in seven weeks, everyone. Seven weeks. Now, not only that, but this baby is growing on the inside of Jamie. Jamie has made room for this baby. There's plenty of... Well, there was plenty of room. Now there's not much room in there anymore. But not only that, just in her personally, she... Would you like to do a cartwheel or something? Did you want to show off your... No, okay. (laughs) She's out of breath a lot, so we're just not even... (laughs) But even in our own home right now, we are moving things around. We are creating space. We are making room available for what? For this baby to come, right? Because the baby's coming whether we realize it or not. The baby is going to be coming. So what are we doing? We're moving things aside. We're decluttering. Jamie's throwing stuff out like you would not believe. Man, I'm just like, you know, locking my stuff up. Leave this alone. This is Joel Housings. It's, fine. it's mine. Right? Just, man, are you my mother? What is going? I got no memories from any child. I don't even know if I was a kid. I feel like Benjamin Button. I just born and I'm an adult. Yeah. Hey, everyone, this is what I do. Well, I'd like to see a box of stuff that I have. I would love to see that. (laughs) We didn't even have phones back then, so really, I don't even know. Like, they show me pictures, but I was a really dark child. I'm like, I could have been adopted. I don't know. I have no idea where I come from. (sighs) Meanwhile, I'm fine. Fine. I'm good. So what are we doing? We are making room. Well, this is a question that you have to ask yourself. Where is God fitting in your life? Does he fit? Have you made a room for him to be entering into your life? Now here's the thing, you may have to move aside some things. You may have to clear some space. You may have to rearrange your day. You may have to move some things around or adjust your times. Are you willing to do that? And everybody raised their hand, so the answer is yes, I'm willing to do that. If you wanted to be the vessel, it's not, oh, I'll see if I have time. That's gone. That's out of the question now. I want to be a vessel of honor that the master can use whenever he needs it. What does that mean? I am making myself available and I am clearing space. I am making room for him in my life. So that's just a question you have to ask yourself. And for me, I mean, I I use a day timer and I constantly go throughout my days. When do I have Jesus' time? And I put that in every single day. Now, no matter what it looks like, if I have to get up a little bit earlier, or I have to go to bed a little bit later, if I have to take my lunch hour, whatever it takes, I will put in Jesus time. Anybody got Jesus time? Come on, you vessels of honor. This is who we are, Jesus time. And a lot of times what we're thinking is, can, this seems like such a small deal, but you know what, what's, when people get weird, Christians I'm talking, people are weird just in general out there. But I'm talking about Christians. You know when Christians get weird? Is when they leave the Bible. Anybody ever met a Christian that's left the Bible? Anybody enjoy a conversation with them? Man, you avoid it at all costs. Man, it is just, it's funky, it's weird, it's just that they come up with new ideas. So, what we need really is a new hunger and a desire for the Bible as Christians. Because in these last days, it talks about deceptive and deceiving spirits that are running rampant. And what you see in this overall age and time that we're in is people will be lovers of self rather than lovers of God. How does it change that? The Word of God is able to discern between those things and show you where some things need to be changed. We need just a daily dose of Bible again. Your daily manna. (laughs) Soup for the soul. Some of those great classics. <laughs> and this is one thing. You know, if, you're, if you stop being average, your life won't be average. If you don't just look, what's the average what Christians read? Don't even go there. If you stop being average, your life won't be average. All right. And here's the thing. We're going to guard our time with the Lord. So now what does making room look like? And it's just one word, and I'm going to separate it into two parts. What does making room for the Lord look like? It's yielding. Ever say the word yielding. yielding. This is what it is. When I make room for God, when I'm talking about making room for Him, what am I doing? I'm actually yielding myself to Him. And it comes out in two parts. Number one, it's going to be this, continuing in His Word. Before I read that, I want to just remind you, you all lifted your hand about being a vessel of honor, did you not? So vessels of honor they take time to analyze their life and they give Jesus access to address any issues in their life that he wants to address. All right, Vessels of Honor, where are you? Come on, Vessels of Honor, where are we? We're here. So are you willing to analyze your life? Are you willing for the Lord to actually look in it with you and say, hey, let's make a couple adjustments because I need to get in there? Are we, are we available for our lives? Are we available to yield our lives so the Lord has access to it? And this is such a simple question, but now when you start doing it, that's when the difference starts taking place. OK? All right. So here it is. Continue in His word. So John chapter 8, verse 31, verse 32, I want to read this to you. In the Passion Bible, it says, "Jesus told those Jews who, who believed in Him. How many you believe in Jesus? Here I am. I'm a, I believe in Jesus. I believe him. And he goes on to say, when you continue, everybody say continue. I'll say it again like continue. 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 Keep doing the same thing. Keep going. Keep going. Don't slow down. Don't let up on it. Just, oh, I've done that before. Do it again. Do it again. Every time we would have practices when it came to the sporting realm, we would do a bunch of you know, certain, certain drills. We'd pass back and forth. We'd do certain laps and running with the ball. Oh, coach, we did that drill last time. Do it again. Why? He's trying to get it in you so it becomes part of who you are. So that rather than thinking about, okay, I have to pass a ball with my foot, it automatically becomes an automatic thing. When the ball comes, you're automatically looking to pass the ball. Well, it's the same thing here. Jesus is telling us, for all those that believe in him, when you continue to embrace my word, my truth that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. Notice this. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Now, to the degree that the Word, that I'm going to the Word, is the degree of truth that I'm experiencing in my life. The degree that I'm going to the Word, I'm hearing the Word, and I'm applying it to my life, is the degree of truth and freedom that I'm experiencing in my life. You can't have more freedom than you have Word intake. People expect, I want so much freedom in my life, I'm going to just pray to God for it. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you want to experience freedom? Anybody want freedom? I sure do. What's the, what's the criteria for it? Stay continuing in His Word, and the Word that you hear and the Word that you do will automatically flow freedom into your life. So praying, oh God, I just need to be set free from this, is the wrong, wasted prayer. He told you continue. Listen, the culture that we live in today does not work with these words. The word continue. No, we want drive through if you drive through my word and just get a nugget, you will be set free. I wish that would happen. That's not how it works. Spiritual things seed, not seed harvest. Come on now seed, time, time, harvest. There's a time in between that. So, between the scripture that you read yesterday, don't expect it just to all of a sudden, hey, I'm living in it today. It takes time. Now, and here's the thing you cannot, don't ever underestimate or devalue small beginnings. Because every time God brings something or does something in your life, guess how it starts? It starts as small. And you may look at it going insignificant, like, I'm reading the Bible every single day. Is this actually going to do something in my life? You have no idea what that seed is able to do once it gets on the inside of you. You keep feeding it. You continue in that Word. You continue to read it. You continue to think on it. That seed of the Word of God in you will start to develop and it will create a new mindset. It will create a new thought. And you'll start seeing it in your life going, where did this come from? Because you took the time to plant that seed. When Jesus came to this earth, did he look like the rock, Dwayne Johnson? (laughs) No, he did not. What did he come as? A baby, right? So what does that mean? Everything Jesus does, everything he came down, God's whole salvation redemptive plan started as a baby. So don't, don't minimize it. Don't devalue this thing that we talk, and we may look at it being so small. Because again... The Word of God, and I don't have this verse, Second Timothy three, sixteen, seventeen, it says, All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful. Here's what it's useful for. To teach you and I what is true. Facebook doesn't tell you truth. Just books in themselves don't tell you truth. Every you know Christian book that you read should point you to the truth which is the Word of God. If it doesn't point you to the Bible, throw it out. In fact, burn it so that nobody else can see it. It's garbage. You know what, even messages-wise, you don't know you know, see the context that you see on, on um, your cereal boxes, right? And you find out how much protein's in it, and then you're disappointed by actually how much there's not in there. <laughs> you see, you know, your sugar intake, the fat, the cholesterol, all that kind of stuff. You see that? Well, you should look at every, every message you hear, every book you read, and you've got to see, is there, is there truth from the Word of God in there? Is there going to inspire the faith of what the Word brings in my life? You've got to look at some of those things, because there is some trash out there, y'all. It's garbage. we got to make sure that it lines up to what the Bible says. Even if what I'm saying doesn't line up with the Bible, throw it out, punch me. Can't have that. I have a really tough friend, so don't worry, he'll come back. But anyways, what does the Word of God do? It teaches us what is true. And here's the other thing about the Word of God. It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. We have to have something, someone, rather, telling us what is wrong in some areas of our lives that need fixing. If we aren't getting corrected, we have a problem. We should always be used to being corrected. Why? Because we are still in this world. There's still things all of a sudden that need new mindsets, new shifts on this. And the Word of God is what corrects us. Right? Okay, continuing on. It says it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. How do you know what's right to do? Oh, that's just what my teacher told me was a good thing. We have to go to what the Bible says. And then the very last verse, in verse 17, it says, God uses it. Everybody say that with me. God uses it. He uses what? His word. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if I'm not taking the time to be in the Bible... I'm not I'm not in a place where God is using it to equip me to do the work that He's called me to do. Think about that for a moment. So all of a sudden, God, I'm ready. When are you gonna use me, God? He's saying, when are you gonna get my word? This is how I prepare, this is how I equip people to do the tasks that I have for them. Right? Okay. Now here, let me give you a couple of reality checks. Mark chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. Again, we're talking about available to God, making room for God. And how do I make room for him? I'm going to yield myself to his word. So my day may look packed. My day look may look busy. But I'm going to intentionally say, no, no, no. I'm going to spend time with Jesus today because this is more important to me than anything else. I want to be the vessel. The being a vessel of honor is more important to me than having a million dollars in my bank account. Anybody else can say, uh-huh, to that. I want to be a vessel of honor that God can use me to reach somebody that has never heard the gospel, and all of a sudden God's able to use me to reach that person for Christ? How many would rather have that than a million dollars on a bank? Are you kidding me? Man, absolutely. How about if God uses you to all of a sudden lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Anybody interested in being used by God? I'm talking about that. So let, Jesus also said that if you believe me, you'll also raise the dead. <gasps> Oh, creepy. No, not if you're a believer in Jesus. Not if he leads you and tells you this way. This is what he's destined and called you to do. Now, how many of you'd rather be doing that than have a million dollars in the bank? We wreck a bunch of funerals around here. Okay. But let me show you something here because this is a reality. Making room for God in my life, yielding myself to him, this is a very, this is a very true thing that we got to really grasp. Jesus said these words. He said, He said, be careful what you are hearing The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Okay, does that all make sense? So to the degree that I'm hearing the truth, guess what's going to come back to me? The same measure that I give it. So if I give five milliliters to the truth, guess how much truth is going to come back? Five milliliters. Can you see that? So I can't experience more truth in my life without putting more in. Right? If I put in five, I get five. He goes on to say, uh, verse 25, For to him who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away, and the Amplified says, by force. So here's the thing. When you stop hearing what the word has to say on a regular basis, the Bible says that actually the word that you have heard or that you think you know actually gets taken away from you. So you think you have it. And that's what the problem with deception is. It's deceiving. <laughs> you think you know more, but in reality, you don't. I'm so smart. Yeah, SMRT. There's, no, there's nothing there. Well, I heard the Bible. I heard a really good message, you know, about a month ago. And you wanting to reach and connect and, in some places, correct individuals who have been in the Bible? Stupid. Okay, let's move on. Now here, from this, from this place, I want to just quote to you, just, I have a, a pastor friend that made this statement. I, just, I took this phrase. He said, be careful on how much secular stuff that you watch, listen to, or even hang around. Why? Because it's not there to entertain, it's there to influence. Everything we see out here, whether we call it E.T., entertainment tonight, and all the movies, and all the music, and everything that's going out there, we call it entertainment, but that's actually not, because everything has a spirit attached to it. Everything does. So what he's saying is be careful what you're listening to, because again, it's not there to entertain you, it's actually there to influence you. And Abraham Lincoln made this statement, he said, the influence of one generation will be the morals of the next. Hence you see where culture is today. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of things. Secular, the word secular, what does it mean? It means denoting attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. So it's, it's completely separate from what God has to say or what He does. Proverbs 30, verse 2, I don't have that, I believe, but on the, uh, the proverb tells us this. Secular learning is as nothing. In fact, it's made me stupid. It's made me stupid. So let me give you this. I want to be very careful to what I'm exposing my eyes and my ears to, because what are they? They are gates to my heart. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. What I'm exposing my eyes and my ears to will get into my heart. That's why you see all those shootings that go on around. People just say, Oh, there's just you know mental disorder. Sure, you can blame all that you want on there. People have given their eyes and they've given their ears to something and those things have gotten into their heart where now where I shoot on a screen, what's the difference in real life? No difference. So rather than always fighting and you know, saying, well, these, all these problems, no, the problem is you're not, you're not realizing what is influencing that individual. What are they surrounding themselves? And here's, I want to get to this part. The environment that I'm exposing myself to on a regular basis will determine the influence that I'm receiving. So it's all based on environment. From the influence now, so from the environment, I get my influence. From influence, I produce knowledge. From knowledge, I produce belief. From belief, I produce attitude. From attitude, I produce behavior. From behavior, I'm producing identity. And from identity, I am going into my destiny. So if you don't like where you're heading, or if you don't like where you're at right now, what do I got to do? Well, Let's just work this back in reverse a little bit. If I don't like my destination, I want to change my identity. Well, how do I change my identity? If I don't like my identity, I need to change my behavior. Well I don't like my behavior, I gotta change it. How do I do that? I gotta change my attitude. Well I don't like my attitude, where do I change that? I change my belief. How do I change my belief? I change my knowledge. How do I change my knowledge? I change my influence. Well, Where, where do I get my influence? It goes back to the environment that I'm in. This is where everything starts from. It starts from environment. So this is very careful that we're even putting ourselves in an environment where God is being honored, where the Holy Spirit is attached and He's influencing us to the different voices that are speaking. I won't let my kids just watch junk on TV. Just because it says G on there doesn't mean it's good. G doesn't mean good. What does G even mean? I don't even... General, yeah. Thought it meant good for some time. Like, good, that's not good. It sucks. Very boring to watch. But everything comes back to environment. So even this morning, what you've done is you've exposed yourself to an environment where the Spirit of God is here and He's influencing through song. He's influencing from when you walked in the doors, the people that shook your hand. If you got a crepe in the back, you got influenced with a crepe. And you know those crepes are prayed over. All of these things are connected and attached. But here's the th- this is the reality. So Jesus said to the measure that you are hearing is the measure that it's going to come back to you. So you're wondering why is my life in crisis? It didn't just happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. The devil can't even do things overnight. Oh, how come my marriage is like this? How come my kids are like this? How come I'm like this? It's because over a while, a while back, six months ago, a year ago, there was a thought that came, and rather than acknowledging, going, "Wait a minute, that's no, that's not my thought," you entertained it, and now here you are today, going, "How did I get here?" And then you started exposing yourself to an environment looking for something. So what is the Lord looking for? Are you available to switching the environment? Now don't get weird. Don't get, You can get so religious on one side where all of a sudden you're just, no, I'm not watching another show. I'm just nothing ever. I'm not going to listen to another good song from James Taylor. We're done with all that trash. It's only Bible. It's on. You can get really weird on that, so I'm not talking about that. Then on the other side, you'll just expose yourself and take on, oh, yeah, this is great. This is good. There's a balance. There is a fine line between them both that you've got to stick straight on. Right? Okay. Just got to throw that in there because this is not about being religious. This is about being made available for God because I want to be a vessel of honor because He loves me and He loves people. We're all good? Okay, let me show you this verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships or communion and associations, what does it do? It corrupts and depraves good manners and morals and character. So let our eye gate, let our ear gate, be so sensitive whatever it's... Just watch what it's connected to. Just see it. If all of a sudden... There's been, there, you know, there's been shows that Jamie and I, we used to watch. And there were some great shows. And all of a sudden, you know, the next season comes on. They are throwing F-bombs. They are throwing all this stuff out there. And on the inside... Now notice this. On the inside, you get a little trigger going, Oh, I don't like that. Don't ignore that. If you get that, ah oh, I don't like that. Or your kids go into a birthday party and you get that ah uh, follow that why is it because the enemies there trying to influence an atmosphere that's what he's trying to get into so a moment that comes on no sorry man we're not watching that junk and what is it you may not even realize it but you just saved yourself a ton of heartache for later on i know people kind of say this is really this is just harsh no i'm not trying to be harsh i'm just trying to show you this is this is the truth of what jesus said in his word to the measure and the degree that you listen, the, to the truth that you hear, it's gonna come back to you. So I want to just be careful and sensitive to what I'm hearing and saying. Right? Okay, last verse I want to show you on this part, Second Timothy 3 14. Paul told this to Timothy, and I'm gonna read it to the, the Amplified first. It says, As for you, Timothy, continue in the things that you have been learned, or sorry, continue in the things that you have learned and of which you have been convinced holding tightly to the truths, knowing from whom you have learned them. In the Passion Bible, it says, yet you must, you must what? Continue, continue to advance in strength. Well, how do I do that? With the truth wrapped around your heart. This is how I'm going to go stronger. This is how I'm going to go in, is I'm putting strength around my heart continually. And this is actually a fun lesson I just did with my boys this past week. So, well, how do you, you know, how do you, uh, how do you write on your heart? How do you get truth on your heart? And you know, you get some interesting answers. Uh, can you just take a pen and just write it on your heart? Right, so they kind of got like the pen and they start writing them so, No, not that, that's not it. But you know what the psalmist said? I believe in Psalm 42. It says that my tongue is as a pen of a ready writer. How do I write on the tablet of my heart? I speak it. I'm talking. I'm speaking. So how do I continue to advance in strength? How do I do that? With troop wrapped around my heart. So what does that mean? I'm involved and engaged in confessing and speaking who I am in Christ, who Jesus is in me, who I am in Him. Man, I thank God I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. When tough things come up, and they have this past week. I had some real diddlies this week coming up my way. So what do I do? Rather than succumbing to them and just going, this is stupid. Getting all huffy-puffy. No, Lord, I want to thank you that the greater one lives on the inside. of I have wisdom for this. I have instruction. I have guidance for this. I know exactly what I need to do. And guess what? I do. I do. That's how it's going to be. I'm not going to be confused with the big question mark on my head. What am I going to do about that? Anyways. I'm fine. So continuing in the things that you have learned. Notice Paul doesn't say, go looking for new stuff. Go look for the next revelation. Listen, there's not new revelations, but I believe that there's deeper revelations than the things that we've already know. <laughs> Can you think about it? I mean, we don't know all that there is to know, don't get me wrong, but in what we do know, this will hold you off till you're 120 years old. You continue in what you've learned, continue in what you've been taught, continue in the salvation, continue in grace, continue in faith, continue in the gifts of the Spirit. You continuing and going deeper inside of those things, it'll hold you steady when tough times come. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy, saying, hold on, continue in what you've learned. Everybody say it with me, continue. 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 This is what we do. So what am I doing? I'm continually yielding myself to get back into my Bible. I've already read John 3.16. Read it again. Continue in it. Continue in it. Come on, say that with me. Continue in it. I'm not looking for something new out there. I'm looking to continue in what I've been taught, continue in what I've learned, continue, and let the Spirit of God continue to teach me things. I'm not looking for the next best thing. I've talked with Christians that look for the next best thing, and they found some new best things, but it's not connected to the Bible, so they're loopy. Stick with the Bible. Amen. Okay. I think I hammered that long enough. Now, what is, again, making room like? What does it look like in my life? Making room? Again, we want to be vessels of honor. Number one is I'm yielding myself to the Word of God. Secondly, now, is I'm continuing to yield and be filled with the Spirit of God. You have to have that. And let me just show you this verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 20. Now, this is Paul talking to this church, and he says, Therefore, see that you walk carefully. They say, Walk carefully. Watch how we're walking. He said living life with what? Honor. Living life with purpose. Living life with courage. Shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. It's not that we shun them out of our lives. No, I'm shunning in the sense because I don't want anything of that influence impacting my life. I don't got time for that. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. Sensible, intelligent, and discerning people. Verse 16, he says, Make the very most of your time on earth. Can we just say that sentence together? Make the most of your time, where? While you're on this earth. Make the most of it. Recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. So while they're doing their thing out there, I'm going to live as a wise person, taking every opportunity that I can. I'll give you a really cool example. There was one time, Jamie and I, we were dating, and uh, we, were, we were going to a, um, a soccer game. We were, yeah, we were going to a soccer game, and Jamie's car uh, quit, or you had a flat tire or something like that. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, she had a really cool car. And uh, so we got, we got, we had to stop, we had to pull over into a gas station to go get it filled up. So we, we got it filled up. And meanwhile, there was this guy that was just kind of sitting there. And I remember just, I had the opportunity, just in my heart, I said, let's just go talk and minister to this guy. So I thought, yeah, like, let's, just, let's just go do that. So I remember just talking to him about the Lord and just sharing a few thoughts, sharing, I just prayed with him a little bit. And I remember sharing that with somebody, I don't know where that was afterwards, I don't remember who it was. But I remember talking to them and just saying like, yeah, man, it was this, this is what happened uh, there's this individual. I just had a great opportunity to go pray because we had a flat tire people will start thinking, oh, God caused a flat tire for you to go do that. No, 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 no. God is not interested in doing anything evil like that. He doesn't need to give me a flat tire to go talk to somebody. If I'm a willing vessel, God doesn't need to go to my car. Boom. Uh, can you go talk to somebody now? Are you kidding me? That's, that's not what God does. Ready and willing vessels are ready at any moment at any time. He's saying use every opportunity because the days are evil. So yeah, flat tire, flat, flat tire. Flat tire came in. Let's use that now as an opportunity, not I wonder what God's trying to teach me. Forget about that. Nothing. You got a flat tire. Put some air in it. Like don't over-spiritualize this stuff, man. Just you got a flat. Put air in it. Right? Then what? Hey, there's a guy there making the most of the time because the days are evil. Use that as an opportunity. So no matter where you are, there's opportunities all around us. They're everywhere. So what do we got to do? That's why he's telling us live as the wise, not as the unwise. Because how do unwise people live? They're not taking the opportunities that are there. They don't see them. That's actually the difference between a wise and an unwise is you don't even see the opportunities that are there. Something negative happens in your life and you get so focused on the negative that you actually miss out on the opportunity to do good. That's for another time. Verse, continue on. I read that verse 16. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. But let's say, but. So what I like, I remember hearing this from from somebody. God never intended for you to go through this life sober. (laughs) It's a good Christian joke right there. <laughs> Chalk that one up. So what's he saying? Instead of drinking wine, because that actually some translations say it'll ruin your life, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. So rather than just drinking my problems away, or rather than drinking because you know I can't figure out what to do, he's saying, No, no, don't, don't waste your time in that. That that'll wreck you be filled with the spirit of god constantly and if you actually look in the greek it continues to say be being filled this is the state because we are beings that can deplete we have holes in us and you know kind of the same way if you pop a hole in a little balloon overnight it's going to so what do you got to do got to pump it up again well the same way for you and my life we are yielding ourselves to pump up again did you know that you needed to get pumped up this morning why didn't we got worship at the beginning To get you pumped. Right? What do you need tomorrow morning when the band doesn't show up in your house at seven in the morning? Where is the I just need somebody to sing to me. No. You pump yourself up. Isn't that awesome? That you don't need somebody that can sing. You can sing. Pump it. Everybody say it with me. Pump it. (laughs) Now we know we can go to the gym and you can say, guys, yeah, pump it up, man. Yeah, I'll pump it up. I'll work it out. But how do you pump up spiritually? How do you, if I'm just, oh, I feel like this. That's what I was this morning. Four hours of sleep. And I was Miserable this morning. I woke up grumpy. Me. What? He's never grumpy. Yeah, I did. I grew up not very happy this morning. I was downstairs at 5 o'clock this morning, trying to figure out a few things, and wasn't working. So what did I have to do? I had to stop. It was so nice. Jamie actually said, why don't I take the kids this morning? You drive by yourself. Thank you that helped help because I gave them a piece of gum this morning and I was hearing. <laughs> so part of, I was the part of my own problem. <laughs> so Jesus, I need freedom. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so Jamie very gracefully said, why don't you go and just, I will take the kids pregnant. And while I'm growing a foot, I'm also going to take these other three kids. <laughs> Was that? Yeah, I made spit up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jamie made them spit their gum out, but it was bad, man. I tell you, do not give kids gum in the morning. It just, there's a spirit attached to that. Anyways, so what did I do? I got in my car, and I started doing this. I didn't, I didn't grab a bottle. <laughs> I'm not driving down gates with, you know, a wine bottle in my hand. Just, it was so rough this morning. My kids were, you know, smoking their gum. Ugh. No, why? Because that will ruin my life. Right? Trying to solve a problem in the natural with natural does not work. So what does he say? Get filled with the Spirit. What do you do? Verse 18, or sorry, 19. How do I I get filled spiritually? How do I get pumped in the Spirit? Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise by singing and making melody notice with what? With your heart, did you know that you can just sing and not have any connection with God? You could just, even know the stream that you see on this thing. Oh, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all the earth will sing, how great is our, hurry up, Carrie, what's going on? It's our God, you're the name above all names. And then you see the worship leader, because some of you see their cues. You are worthy of all. Don't act as if you've never done that. uh, We know that. We know that. And then all of a sudden, somebody's got a word, and you're just like, "Oh, Jesus! Finish the song." (laughs) Did you know that you can get so flesh in your singing that it will actually do you no good? (laughs) Listen, I've been in worship service where it did me no good at all. Why? Because I was miserable, and I refused to yield. That's what it is. I'm making room for God. Talking about vessels of honor, what do we do? We yield. Meaning, I think most stop signs in Red Deer should be yield signs. For any city councillors out there, please. Yield signs. You have my vote a hundred times over. Not stopping and then re-going. It's too much ice on the road. I'm just... Anyways. (laughs) Amen. Amen. What is yielding is that I'm actually looking... Yeah, see, I'm not being stupid. I'm not just driving. There's cars maybe coming. I'm looking to see if there's anything coming. Well, what I'm doing, spiritually speaking, is I'm actually just checking on the inside. Lord, I'm miserable on the outside. I'm, my mind can't get in check. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. But God, you are good. So what are you doing is you're yielding to who he is, what he's done, and I actually can change my mood. So rather than always having to wait, as I read up here earlier, uh, wait for an environment, I can actually create an environment around me. Did you know that you're an environment creator? Do people like to be around you or do they not like to be around you? Guess what? It may be you, not us. (laughs) Why does nobody like me? Do you like you? For one, well, you're creating an environment around you. There's people that I can't wait to get around. Why? Because they're happy. There's, they want to give me a hug. It's, it's awesome. And there's other people I just go like, Hey, it's so good to see you. Yeah, hey, God bless you. And you, you just walk off. You go. But I'm creating environment. And so what did I do intentionally this morning? Because I can't preach frustrated. I noticed that on the inside. I, got, I had nothing this morning. So what I do? I have to change the environment. I have to change myself. So what I do? I started speaking to myself. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I let out praise in my car before I got here. What did I do? I just started singing, Lord, you are good. You are so faithful. And I just started singing, Jesus, I love you. How I love you. How I'm so thankful that you died for me. Jesus, you put the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Thank you that I'm not stuck where I'm at. And as I started doing that, man, I didn't even mind for the next red light. Yeah, i got a little bit more time. And as I'm doing that, my attitude's starting to change. And all of a sudden, I parked in that part, and I went, Thank you, Lord, for this parking lot that we got at the moment. Like, it just changes, because I'm yielding myself now to Him, because I'm available. This is where it all begins. It starts right where you're at. Looking at speaking to one another. Verse 20. It says this, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can do it, what does it say here? You can do it with psalms, with hymns. That's just literally singing songs in English, songs that you know, right? You can sing those songs. And then what are spiritual songs? Those are songs that you sing in other tongues. Yeah. Did you know that you could do that? Yeah. How many of you know you can do that? Yeah. How many of you have done that before? Yeah. Absolutely, right? You can just start that anytime. Just go, so la baradateke. And you can just start singing it. And what's happening on the inside of you? You're getting built up in your inner man. Right? What am I doing? I'm yielding to the Spirit of God rather than my flesh. Because, again, you can choose whatever you want. You can be grumpy pants all day if you want. Nobody can change your mood but you. Booyah. Okay. Okay. Now notice this, I'm going to develop, now this is the thing that we're doing as vessels as I'm yielding, I'm finishing with this. I'm developing a consciousness of the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. He is there. Come on everyone, He is here. Where is He? The God that created everything, decided and chose to live in me. This is where he is. So I don't need to get pumped. I, doesn't need, I don't need to go find some place to get pumped up spiritually. The Spirit of God is on the inside of me. And as I start activating or yielding myself to him, oh man, I, I'm a self-pumper. Man, I'm thankful for other pumpers, but I can self-pump. I'm not dependent on pumpers. I'm a, I can self-pump. Anybody else can self-pump? Listen, you got to learn to self-pump with all the crap that's out there. you got to self-pump with the way people talk, with the way things are happening. I've come across a lot of garbage this past over this past month. There's lots happening in homes. There's a lot happening in people's jobs. There is a lot of junk. So rather than what the Bible says Ephesians 5, know what the will of the Lord is. Well, what do I do? I don't know how to do that. When you start getting filled with the Spirit, if you actually read that, something my dad always taught me, if you want to know what the will of the Lord is, actually read this backwards. Give thanks to God. Speaking to yourself, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What are you doing? You're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Then what is happening? You will know exactly what you need to do. Rather than I don't know what I gotta do. Start filling yourself up. I don't know what I don't know what to do with this situation. Get filled. You'll know when you're filled. How well when will I know? Oh, trust me. (laughs) You'll know. You'll know when you're filled. All of a sudden, all that junk that was trying to get on you just oh, it becomes light. And easy. You start looking at the situation and go, Lord, there's nothing too difficult for you. Let me finish with this last verse. i got to get this to you. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Turn there for a moment. I don't have that on the screen because I'm going to stop. But Ephesians 3.20, just in context of what I was just saying, now it says, Now unto him who is able... Come on, say it with me. He's able. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all... That we could ask or think. Now notice the next few verse, words. According to the power that is at work within you. What is it according to? So we know this. We like to say this part. Oh, God is able. Come on, say with me, church. He's able. Come on again. He's able. Come on. He's able. Now you are not with this. Huh. We all got something like turned really white this morning. Wait, wait, Oh, this is what we do in the South. He's able. We love that part. He's able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Hey, Amen, that's so good. According. Oh, man, it's according to something. It's according to what? According to the power that is at work on the inside of you. So how yielded are you? I mean, if you want to start seeing things change, God is able to do it, but He works along with you. He doesn't do things in spite of you. He does things with you. So it's according to the power that's at work within you. So how much power are you yielding to for God to work with? That's the question that you got to ask yourself. I want to see my job changed. Great, so does God. Oh, I want to see my business reached. I want to see every person that works for me or that I work with saved and come into the kingdom. God goes... Me, too. How's it gonna work? According to the power that's working in you. So what's working in you? It's not about what God can do. God is able. (laughs) What's your dream? Guess what? He can supersede that, no problem. What's your thought? He could supersede that, no problem. Now it's according to the power that's at work within you. So how do I yield that? I'm gonna start yielding to that by constantly being filled and filled again. When do I do that? I do that in the morning. When do I do that? I constantly put him on my mind. I do it in the afternoon. I do it in the evening. I am filling myself constantly so I know exactly what I need to do when I need to do it. Ha! And now, this is when he's able to do the work. We serve a good God and you are well equipped for the task that you're facing. Come on, you need to see it that way. For these light, momentary afflictions, you gotta see it like God sees it. The same way that you know, I always use this illustration. Max, he hates the smell, the, even the wording of chicken pot pie. Just, this is my middle boy. He hates the sound of it. The moment you say, chicken pot, no, and he just loses it. right? Can't stand the sight of it. And so can we, he just, I can't, I can't have this. right? And that, I'll give you another example just to kind of tie in with Jase. Yesterday, all of a sudden, we were, he was getting a little bit upset because of a, a candy that everybody else got, but he didn't get one. I need you to look at this. My kids are amazing, by the way. I need you to look at this for a moment and see. I had one in my pocket. All the other kids got one. I said, oh, here, buddy, no problem. Problem solved. God looks at your situation the way that I looked at a little candy that was missing from my son. Oh, here, here. Dude, I had... Here, I got another one. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, have fun with that. That's how God is for this light momentary affliction. Light. Everybody say light. 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 Don't waste your time thinking on it, trying to figure this out. What's going on with this? It's going to change. It's going to change because everything you can see here is changeable. But what do we fix our eyes on? I fix my eyes on this. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that's working in me. So what am I going to do? Rather than complain and get frustrated, God, why aren't you doing something? I'm going to jump on his. Hello again. Thank you for listening. And if you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you stop by for one of our weekend messages. For directions, service times, and more info on our amazing children's environments, visit us at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.